Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Four witches found a genie. Did you hear about what happened to them? No. Did they get some wishes? Kind of. The genie says, sorry, but I'm limited to three witches. Aha! It's Spoop Hour and Sasha got engaged! Yeah! to this she's been engaged now for what almost two weeks oh yeah like oh yeah yeah almost two weeks weeks. for us it happened yesterday happened yesterday time travel is it possible it is banking episodes (laughs) look at us planning ahead all it took was one spring boo rake where we were both like no i just want to die can we not today yeah yeah so that was fun yeah 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 talk about it no. Uh, sure, yeah. You don't have to. No, I was going to say that, yeah, that? that was my spooky thing Yay. for the week. But... Oh, sorry. Here. <clears throat> Did anything spooky happen to you this week, Sasha? Yeah, so I guess getting engaged was kind of spooky. You got engaged? What? <laughs> <laughs> totally saved it. No one, no one caught No that. one knows. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I was, yesterday was one of those days where I had three classes in a row from 8 a.m. to to like 1.30. Yeah. And then from 1.30 until 3 o'clock, I had meetings. And then from 4 o'clock till 8.30, I was in a working <laughs> dinner meeting. And then in between then, Jack was like, that sounds like a really hard day. And I'm like, yeah, this is the longest day. Like, I just want to come home and go to sleep. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. And he was like, well, you know, Hockam and go I, to bed. yeah, he was like, Hockam and I are going to go to the, you know, the, this place that we, uh, go to we, a local go restaurant. Go to a local restaurant Where thing. conveniently they also had their first date. Yes. Boilers. Two years prior. And so they were like, yeah, we're going to this place and we're going to get some ice cream, but you know, let, we'll be here for a while. So let me know when you're done with your meeting and you can meet us. And I said, okay. And then at like six o'clock, I said, hey, like we're breaking for dinner right now, but <laughs> we still haven't even like picked books for the new curriculum. And he was like, oh, wow, this is a really long meeting. I was like, yeah, <laughs> sorry, like maybe I, but I'll let you know, like when I'm leaving here, maybe the book part will be faster. And he says, okay. And so then it's like 7, 7.30, and I said, okay, I think we're going to be wrapping up around 8. He goes, okay, cool, because, like, you know, Hakam just got here. Um, we'll, we'll be leaving a little bit. And then time kept going, and I was like, oh, wow, we're really still not done yet. And so I texted, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, we just got, like, we literally just got here. No rush, no rush. And I said, okay, all right. So at 8.30, I'm finally like, okay, I'm, you know, this meeting's over. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I, I'm tired, but... According to my GPS, from this Panera that we're at, this other place is 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay. And so I get there, and our friend is sitting away from Jack, and hmm. Jack is sitting at two tall tables, like, right where, or at, like, a tall bench table, yeah. right where we had, like, our first oh. date. And I was like, oh, convenient, he got a spot near the front. So it makes it easier to find him. Okay, cool. So... <laughs> Hakim is on the phone, and he says, oh, yeah, he's talking to his girlfriend. I said, okay, cool. And so we're waiting, and I, he's like, how was your day? And I'm like, bleh, venting <laughs> about my day. And he goes, okay, well, let's go get ice cream. And I said, okay. And so we got up to go get ice cream. He says, but first, 
I need to talk to you about something. And he like held my hands and I went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and and then the whole thing happened. And meanwhile, there was like a nurse at the bar and she's still in her scrubs and she has her drink and she looks over and starts screaming and then, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like trying to just like keep looking at Jack and not look at this like commotion that's happening over here. <laughs> I looked at the photos that Hawkin was taking and there are people who have their phones Oh yeah, I up, saw, like, you can see a phone. <laughs> you can see a and phone. And I'm like, like I bet that's on someone's Snapchat. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny. And like Hawkin wasn't really on the phone. What? He was... Apparently, when I like texted Jack to be like, "Oh, oh I just parked," he was like, he was zipped like, over there and, and pretended to be on the phone, and he really had the camera behind him, and so I wouldn't see. Uh-huh. And then we got ice cream, and people cheered for us. Yay. It was nice. And then I cried a lot because after the initial shock and like like laughter of me being like, oh, "What the fuck?" because I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Like I was like tired and sweaty, and like my makeup had run off like from <laughs> from like, like working all day, ago. like hours ago from like sweating in my classroom. There's a Panera that just has your melted face on right it. yeah because i like all evening i just had my hands in my face trying oh, to understand no. this new ib curriculum and yeah but like afterwards then i was like oh god and i started crying and then i started thinking about like you just i like i started crying so both of them were holding my hands like <laughs> it'll be okay sasha adult stuff is spoopy and then i high-fived because <laughs> Simply the best. Simply the best. There's a fo- there's a photo of us we didn't post online, but it's just the two of us like freeze frame high fiving. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that was my spooky thing. But your spooky thing was actually legitimately spooky. spooky. And I'm I did so not have that great of a week. Clearly, <laughs> at the time you're listening to this, it's now been like three weeks since it happened. But I will probably never stop being upset about it. A spider bit my face. Mm-hmm. So I got up last Friday morning. And I was like, well, my face is kind of itchy. So I like scratched it. And where I scratched it, I was like, oh my God, that hurts so fucking bad. So I like stumble into my bathroom and I see I have this giant welt on my face. And I'm like... And no one ever wants to see a giant welt. You never want to see a giant welt. I'm like, I'm almost 30. I should not be getting acne of this size. Mm -hmm. And then I like poked at it again. And I was like, okay, this is not acne. This hurts way too much. So I get to work and it's still kind of there. You see that dark spot? Yeah. That's it. Oh God. Yeah. So whatever is in there... I hope it's it still goes working away. Its, it's way still working out. its way out of my face. So I get to work and I'm like telling my coworkers, I'm like, yeah, I think a spider bit me, whatever. And like I turn and show them dead on, and they're like, it doesn't look that bad. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not that big of a deal. And while I was talking to my coworker about it, I turned to face her straight forward, and she goes, Oh yeah, it's definitely swollen. Because like before mm-hmm. I started icing it, it was sticking out like probably a quarter mm-hmm. of an inch from my face. So a spider bit my face, and I hate spiders. Yes, you are. Yeah, you already hate spiders as it is. And, and then, then one bit my face. Yeah. But I take solace in knowing that my giant head probably killed it. Yeah. So, fuck you, spider. And then, today, we had a plumber come to look at my ghost toilet, and one of our other toilets in the house is not super working right now. So, the plumber comes and goes, and after he's left, it's now about 2.30, I'm still working from home, and I'm pretty sure I'm alone when I hear what sounds like our mysterious third roommate's office, like, her bedroom door open. And I go, okay, well, maybe maybe she came home early from work. I don't know. So I kind of stick my head on my room. I go, hello? Nothing. And at this point, I panic text our roommate thread of like, hey, is anybody home right now? And it's funny. Asking be- for a friend. It's funny because like two minutes earlier, we were <laughs> texting about like, oh, Recording. when are we going to record? And I said, oh, I'll be home like four-ish. Four. And I was like, maybe Sasha got off work super early. <laughs> and then like, two minutes later, anyone home? And I was like, yeah, I'm at four. Because <laughs> I had no idea why you would ask that, like, all of a sudden. And it was so, just... 
At that moment, I started panicking because I was like, did I lock the door after the plumber came in? Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure that I did. And even if I didn't, we live in a safe neighborhood. It's not like, you know, it's just vagabonds all the time wandering around trying doorknobs. Yeah, when you hear yelling in this neighborhood, it's It's, usually small children. It's children playing (laughs) basketball and like trying to trash talk each other. Have you heard them trash talk? I've heard them trash talk. It's so silly. It's like, your pants are weird. I'm like, come on, guys. The other good, the other good yelling always comes from the little girls who play on that end. Yeah, that's true. And they were like, they're very imaginative. They are very imaginative. They played wedding the other day. Nice. It was really funny because they were singing "Here Comes the Bride," but like really off key, Amazing. but like scream singing it because they're loud. Usually, when I hear them, they're like, "We have to go back into the woods," and I'm like, "Oh, you guys are clearly doing imaginative playtime where the treasure is in the woods or whatever." And it's so nice. But that's the yelling, and we live in a safe neighborhood. So I'm so like, we shouldn't have anyone in our house. It shouldn't matter even if the door was left unlocked for the 15 whole minutes. The plumber was here, so I'm like, shit. But what if somebody like broke in, or like I left the door unlocked, some shady person snuck in, hid in the bathroom, and is now going upstairs to like rifle through our shit? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And I didn't understand at this point what was happening, and so I said, oh maybe like. It was the outside door. It was the outside like, door, and someone we like, have like a put plastic a storm door that's unlocked before you get to our proper front door. So sometimes they will open up the like storm door and put a package there and then close it, and it does make the door opening sound. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that. It sounded like it was on the upstairs hallway. So I'm like, which, it's not a package, Sasha. Oh my god, which changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I like. I'm like, okay, I keep pepper spray in my nightstand. So I go over to my nightstand, I grab my pepper spray, I put my finger on the little trigger, and then I go into my purse and I get my kitty self-defense keychain. I put my fingers in the eyes so that I have my essentially kitty brass knuckles. And I like poke my head back out into the hallway. And at this point, my cat is like, something's up. Let's see what's going on. So we walk over to the hallway and I'm like, okay, the sound hasn't happened again. But it definitely came from the door, so maybe they're hiding in the doorway. And I'm going to have to confront them, which is a terrible idea. I, you know, if I was really concerned, I should have just left. But I did it because I'm dumb. No. And so, like, while I'm on the hallway, with all of my weaponry, the noise happens again. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And, like, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to real quick. I'm going to, like, peek through the door. And if somebody's there, I'm just going to, like, punch them, grab the cats, and go. And I crack open the door. And our mysterious third roommate's cat is, like, right up on the door crack. I think she was just managing to, like, push the door further into the frame to make the, like, clickety noise Mm -hmm. that doors make. Because she's horrible and wants to kill me. (laughs) Anyway, so I had a heart attack. And, like, as soon as I saw her, I go, oh, god damn it. And just, like, closed the door again and went back to my room. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, stressful. It is. This is the podcast Spoop Hour. We were distracted at the beginning. We were. We're not distracted anymore. We're a paranormal comedy podcast. This is Sasha. She's newly engaged. This is Courtney. Semi-recently, a spider bit my face. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to reach out to us at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram, you can also email spoophour at gmail.com all of your spooky stories if your roommate's cat has ever sounded like a fully... And, like, that's the other thing. Yeah. uh, You've experienced this too. So somehow our roommate's 10 pound cat sounds like a 200 pound man breaking into the window when she like roams around. So she made that noise and I guess she must have run away. So I heard like thunk, thunk, thunky footsteps. Mm -hmm. So then that made it so much worse because I'm like, oh my God, that's not just the house creaking because it's windy. That's somebody in here. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, um, so when we had the, that string of snow days and you were in Japan. Yeah. I would have to be alone. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And you hear And I just psyche. hear I hear her I hear her or Zelda jump off the bed and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> like, or or I don't hear them come down like even though she's a jingle cat sometimes she doesn't jingle <laughs> mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden from behind me I hear the scratch 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 scratch, scratch on the <sighs> tree and I'm like, ah <laughs> anyway it's scary to be alone yeah. in the house but we survive it we what survive. are we talking about today we're actually talking about genies and wishes and stuff yeah, yeah. we sure are it's not related to any of the stuff we've talked about up till now no nope. or is it I don't know I'm setting myself up for something. Oh. I'm Chekhov's it is ing it myself. Ah, there was So I'm a... just going to put this rifle over the mantelpiece. I'm going Hope to... Hope nobody gets shot in the second act. ...make a weird connection to a show I've been watching called Letterkenny on Hulu. <laughs> where they talk really about... really feeling this show. I am really feeling this show. They... The, the skids who are like... The goth meth kids make a Chekhov's Ch- Chekhov's gun. Gun, nice reference, but it's with epipens. <laughs> Chekhov's so, uh, epipen. Chekhov's epipen. I love it. It's a very absurd sequence that happens, but they they pull like that l- reference just. <laughs> it's like the only thing I learned from my gen ed, gen ed drama class is that Chekhov used to say if you're gonna shoot someone in the second act from a rifle. That's over the mantelpiece. In the first act, you need to see someone put the put rifle the over the mantelpiece. mantelpiece. Yep. And so they call it Chekhov's gun now. So I'm yeah. Chekhov's gunning myself. Yeah. So do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Everyone should watch Letterkenny. Watch Letterkenny <laughs> while we're making recommendations. Also watch Shit's Creek. Yes. And also you and I need to sit together and watch um, What We Do in the Shadows. And the act. And the act. Oh my, oh god. my god. My coworker is watching it and every day I go in and she goes, did you watch it? And I'm like, I told my roommate we'd watch it together. And she's like, Courtney! And yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Or I'll do it without you and then I'll pretend like it's new. What? This happened? I never saw it coming. <laughs> All right. You ready to learn what a genie is? I am. We just don't know. I'm just kidding. We kind of do. Is it Will Smith? Yep. Yeah. All of my notes, you see this? It's it's just just me writing Will Will Smith Smith over and over and over again. Anyway, the actor William Smith was born... I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The oldest set of lore about genies is most likely Islamic slash pre-Islamic in origin. Mm -hmm. And the earliest forms of genies were jinns. So we're going to get into how jinn became genie, etc., etc. But first, we're going to start with explaining what a jinn is, which is a supernatural being with a pagan history that got incorporated into Islam. Mm -hmm. Like, there's literally mention of jinns in the Quran. Mm -hmm. In Arabic, jinn means to hide or to conceal, making jinn synonymous with a creature that is literally hidden from the senses. Mm. So, traditionally... You know a jinn is there because you cannot see or hear it, mm-hmm. and that's how you know. You know, so I can't see or hear it, but I know. But it's I know there. it's there. Okay, don't worry about it. I won't worry about it. <laughs> they are also neither good nor evil. They're they can be either, kind of like humans. Mm. So they there are good jinns who are just like chill, like. According to lore, jinns built themselves a civilization, and uh-huh. it was like a full, like thriving human esque civilization that just consisted of all these jinns. Mm-hmm. And then God was like, I don't think so, and like smote it down, <laughs> and that was the end of that. But anyway, there is a version of jinns that is pretty evil aligned, and there are a couple of them, but the first mm-hmm. one is called the Shayatin, and okay. those are uh, malevolent jinn. Some scholars posit that jinn are tied to polytheistic traditions. So unlike your standard demons, etc. They're like specifically from a time where there were multiple forms of God. Sure. And within Islam specifically, jinns are a catch-all term for any kind of spirit. So like, like they have angels, they have demons, and then you have jinn. So mm-hmm. they're like this third category. Okay. And 
Yeah. So like yokai. Kind of, yeah. Kinda like yeah. like it's, it's like an umbrella and then there's like a couple different kinds. Mm-hmm. Some telling said there's only five. Apparently only three are mentioned in the Quran. Other sources list like 16 and they're like, they all do like, this one's associated with the sea. This one's associated with fire. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of delve into it. So when did jinns first appear? Great question. As with a lot of old lore, we don't exactly know. Mm -hmm. Like there's just kind of always been around. Don't ask, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. They're there. It's fine. Some scholars postulate that jinns were originally malevolent spirits that lived in the desert and often took the form of animals. So if you think about it, this is a civilization that is quite close to the desert. Yeah. And you want to scare your kids into behaving, you go, you don't go out there. The jinn is out there and the mm. jinn will get you. And also maybe scare other adults into behaving. So they're like, wow, that sheep's acting real weird. And it's like, you don't go near that sheep. That sheep is a jinn. It's fine. They are also closely tied to ancient Mesopotamian demons and wind spirits, and those are often thought to be the precursor before we had the word jinn. It was probably these Mesopotamian demons and wind spirits, Okay. and then that kind of got folded into jinn lore. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, you know what one of the ancient Mesopotamian demons and wind spirits is? It's Pazuzu, who is the spirit from The Exorcist. So that's what takes over Linda Blair's Pazuzu, Pazuzu. the Mesopotamian demon and or wind spirit. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I Yeah, I wouldn't know. No. I just know that the exorcist stairs are not far from... No, they're quite close. They're, they're in close. what, Baltimore? Uh, Georgetown. Georgetown, that's Me right. Too close. <laughs> <laughs> too close. Too close. Anyway, some think that jinns started out more as like gods of nature when they started to pop up, but as other more popular gods rose to prominence, they kind of got pushed to the margins. People were like, oh, we don't believe in those anymore. Eventually, those original jinns came to be associated with philosophers, poets, and soothsayers as sources of otherworldly inspiration. But on the downside, the more malevolent jinns were also believed to cause disease, and they were believed to dwell in desolate places where if you were going to go, you needed to take precautions, like have a charm or have some sort of like good luck thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're out in the desert, that's how that's how they get you. Yeah. So you need to be mindful when you're in this desolate place because otherwise a gin will make you sick. Ugh. Yeah, it's definitely not dehydration. Not it's dehydration. Not dehydration. De- dehydration. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. Digination. That sounds too much like Digimon. Anyway. Digimon. Digital monsters. Within the context of Islam, jinn refers specifically to an invisible being made by God out of a mixture of fire and or smokeless fire. Mm -hmm. Much like humans, these jinns can eat, drink, have families, and die. This is where you get that jinn civilization, because, like, they're they're essentially just people. But... When they die, they're also going to get judged and sent either to heaven or hell, depending on how they were in life. Mm -hmm. So still very human-like, but where they differ. Jinns are also incredibly strong, have superhuman speed, and can be heavenly beings. So big hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff. Basically, they're like humans, but like they got a lot of extra Mm -hmm. bonus stuff that we don't have. Mm. They're kind of like a lower down angel that's been made of fire and it can sin. So, so to put it in like, yeah, to, I'm yeah. just thinking like, exactly. so like to put it in like Western terms, it, like uh, it's a, it's an angel that kind of lives on earth and can make its own choices. Alec, Alan, 
Rickman? Yes. Kinda, yeah. So he's probably a djinn in dogma. Dogma. That that seems right. He doesn't have a penis. He doesn't have a penis. It's fine. It's fine. We don't get into whether or not djinns have penises, although they can have kids, so maybe they do. Or maybe they lay eggs. They have cloaca-like birds. Ah, I like cloaca. Yeah, they serve many purposes. They serve many purposes. That's why birds can't fart. Because they don't have the sphincter muscle, so it just comes out. I mean, I think there's benefits and drawbacks to that. Where if no humans had sphincters, then it would just be normal for everyone to just, like, shit themselves. Well, yeah. But on the other hand, earlier we talked about sharding. We sure did. That's an off-air conversation. But, yeah, essentially we'd all be sharding all the time. All the time. Because we'd have no control over it. As soon as your body was done processing it, out it comes. So now I'm just imagining literally the genie from Aladdin. Just pooping himself? Just just constantly? You know, like, when when they're flying on... Genie Airways or whatever oh, yeah. to get to Agrabah. It just, just poop. Just poop. Just poop. Meanwhile, someone down there is like, oh, shit, oh, shit. I just washed my car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> they are considered wind and fire spirits in the Quran version, and they are traditionally invisible, though they can assume whatever form they like. So, because they can sometimes be physical, they have been depicted as scorpions, cats, owls, and specifically black dogs. Not any other kind of dog, just black just dogs. Just black dogs. So like a grim. Yeah, but it's a gin. But it's a gin. Yeah. Okay. What a grim gin. Jim grin. <laughs> Jim grin. <laughs> Sounds like a human. Because they are wind spirits, they can also appear in sandstorms or mists. So if there's a sandstorm kicking up, it's like, uh-oh, watch out. Uh, that's a gin that's going. And I mentioned before there are a number of different kinds of gin. Some include the marid, which I believe is the one that's sea-based. Yeah. There's the ghoul, which may sound familiar. Ah. It's believed to be the origin also of ghouls, which, you know, traditionally eat dead bodies. Ghouls. Ghouls. Shaitan and Ifrit. And the last two are evil all the time, unlike most of them, which can, like, you know, yeah. go either way. Those two are generally pretty evil. And the Quran specifically names the Marid, the Ifrit, and Jinn as the main types of Jinn. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Jinn can be a subset of Jinn, but sure. Sure. This is what Wikipedia said. So yeah. I, who am I to question Wikipedia? No one. No one. Jinns can possess humans or haunt buildings like ghosts. And if they get into your shit and you want to get rid of them, you need to grab some salt and you need to grab some iron. Because both of those they mm. don't like. So think about, like, when you spill the salt, yeah. you're supposed to, like, throw, throw it over your shoulder, shoulder to get yeah. in the when you, when you go to a funeral you're sp- in Japan, you throw sh- salt, salt over your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same kind of thing. A lot of cultures have this emphasis on salt being purifying. Yeah. Which oh, probably, sumo wrestlers. Yeah. Salt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, probably because we fought, like, bazillions of wars over salt because we flipped our shit about yeah. it. But, you know. Or, you know, that wonderful movie Carol based on the book The Price of Salt. <laughs> It's important, man. It's important. Salt. Stay salty. Stay hydrated. Yes. I left my water upstairs and I regret it. Yep. So, gin are used by parents sometimes to scare their kids into behaving, as we mentioned. Yeah. Sorry. Sasha just waved at the cat and the cat pointedly did not look <laughs> at her. <laughs> These gins, the like, scare you into like eating your veggies. Yeah. They live in remote places and they try to lure children and uncautious travelers to mm. their destruction. And this particular depiction I got from a website called giantglacier.com, which is very reputable. But they compared it to La Llorona, who, like, hangs out at crossroads and waits for, like, not fastidious travelers and children to wander Mm -hmm. by. So, 
Yeah, some people are so superstitious about jinn that they will not say the word jinn. They have other euphemisms for referring to them in the same way that some parts of like Ireland and the UK and Scotland will call fairies the wee folk mm. because they're afraid if I say jinn out loud, a jinn's going to be like, hold up, you wanted a jinn? Hello? I was requested to be here and I am sharding, so <laughs> hope you're ready for that. So, I, I mean, I see why you wouldn't want to attract one. That's why, that's why, okay, so we can't see them or hear them. Yep. We could probably smell them. Ooh, I bet we can, because how many, how many ghost stories are like, and then I smelled something terrible, so I knew it was a ghost, and it's like, no, it was your friend who farted and was embarrassed, and what did, like, everyone's like, oh my god, what is that? That is like, every sixth period English class. <laughs> Someone always farts, and it's How the, often it's, is it you? It's not... <laughs> So it's, no, the weird, I don't, it's get, not you, it's, it's the not gin. me, it's the gin. Uh-huh. No, it's, we have the class during the lunch break, and so I think oh. someone eats something that doesn't agree with their stomach every single class period. Or even if they just have like a high fiber lunch. A high fiber lunch, and the farts start coming. <laughs> and they don't stop coming, fed, fed to, to the, the rules, and I hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't make sense not to fart look. for a <laughs> Your brain gets smart, but your butt gets dumb. Dummy thick. Because butts are where the farts come from. Oh, dummy thick. No, or that. (laughs) I was thinking that. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, how did genies, gins, whatever, how did they come to be associated with wishes? You'll notice that I've been talking now for 12 minutes and have not said the word wish. So what the fuck? Wish. I made it all up. Gins have nothing to do with anything. I just want to talk about them. Just kidding. Did they get three witches? They sure did. The fourth witch was like, The fourth witch was like, Man, you guys always do this. I'm not hanging out. That was a hard joke to come up with. Yeah, there are no good... Oh, I told you I was going to tell you this other wish joke. Yes. Because all of the wish jokes are like, you know... A duck and a priest walk into a bar and there's a genie there. And And it's like, we don't don't have time for that. We gotta, we gotta get this shit going. So this joke is there's a guy at a bar and he notices that the guy next to him has this little tiny man playing the piano. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, uh, how did you get this penis? Like he's, he's so small. He's what? Like a foot long? And the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, well, how, how did this happen? He goes, well, I found a lamp and I rubbed it and it turned out it had a genie in it. And he told me I could only get one wish, but as it turns out, this genie doesn't hear very well. And the guy goes, well, how do you know that he doesn't hear very well? And the guy goes, you really think I wished for a 12-inch pianist? <laughs> it's a dick joke. It's a dick joke. It's a dick joke. It's power. Hey, dick jokes. Anyway, wishes. As the legends go, sorcerers have been known to summon a djinn and command it to do his bidding. And soothsayers also contact Jin to get deets on the past, present, and future. Jafar. Yeah. Okay. We're actually... We're going to get into that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm Chekhov's Jafaring myself Chekhov's right now. Chekhov's Jafaring. Okay, you're putting Jafar on Jafar the mantle. Jafar is on the mantle, and he's going to stay there until he's ready to come down. So, basically, neither of those are wishes, but you can kind of see the early roots of, like, you summon a djinn, you get it to do your bidding. That's almost like a wish because yeah. you get the djinn and you're like, hey, how about you go fuck with that dude's crop? And the djinn goes, okay, didn't you essentially just say, I wish that dude's crop would fail? Yeah. Or like, you summon a djinn and you're like, hey, what's going to happen tomorrow? That's essentially, I wish I could see, see the, future the future of tomorrow. Uh. So instead, we're going to take a little detour. We're going to talk about the origin of the genie in the lamp. Okay. Because obviously this is a major part of pop culture genies. Yes. So after thousands of years with Jin doing whatever the fuck they wanted, they set up civilizations, they have families, they maybe have cloacas. Finally, as 
Christianity rolls up and as Islam starts to take hold, the more pagan beliefs are kind of getting pushed to the wayside because, you know, white people are here and white people are like, you know what's great? Christianity. And like other, like other of the world's major religions that we still have to this day are starting to be like, hey, we're way better than paganism. How about you toss that to the wayside? So then they've just pooped all over the fun. And so gin started to kind of go by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And around this time that people started to be done with the concept of gins in the Middle East, a French dude named Antoine Gallad visited the Middle East in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. While he was there, he picked up the Arabians' Nights Entertainments, now more commonly known as Arabian Nights. Yeah. Le gasp, he said, this is entertaining. That I put that in my notes. <laughs> it's been a long week. You're good accent. You're good at accents. Le gasp. Le gasp. I did actually take French for a year. J'accuse. <laughs> Je ne comprends pas le français. Anyway, Antoine was actually the first person to translate Arabian Nights into French for the European audience in 1704. Mm -hmm. And then he got to the part about Jinni, which is the proper Arabic pluralization of the word jinn, and that's J-I-N-N-I. And he's like, you know what this sounds like? The French word jinni, which means genius. So he's like, close enough. And so jinni became genie. And at this point, this is around the time that Jin stopped having such, like, malevolent power. Yeah. This is kind of the first instance of them getting a little bit defanged. And so now they're just, like, they're just a genial entity. Because the word genial. genial yeah. Like, in French, it has the same Latin root as genial. It means, like, friendly. So friendly. So European audiences getting exposed to this book for the first time, they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. And also, there's this thing, and it's called a genius, and it sounds like it's nice. Rad. Ah. But Antoine, I should probably be saying Antoine, Antoine, wasn't done making his mark on Arabian Nights. Even though the story itself contained different stories within it that were probably hundreds of years old, he was like, you know what this means? White man input. Ah. This needs a white man's this perspective on it. This needs a white man's perspective. And he was right. I'm just kidding. He probably wasn't. But prepare to get real mad because it's going to get... I, like, no. screamed oh, in my God. room. It's good. Anyway, instead of just doing a straightforward translation, Antoine started to embellish a little bit. Uh-oh. And since Europe had never read the original Arabic version, they didn't know which parts he made up versus what parts were actually oh, in the canon originally. No. So what parts did Antoine add? Well, the part about the lamp. A couple little stories. One mm. called Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, and one called Aladdin. Ah, because shucks. of course, the most popular parts of Arabian Nights were the part that a white dude added in the 1700s. No, because we can't have nice things without white men ruining everything. Antoine, can I have a sidebar? Yes. <laughs> Sidebar. I ha- I was it the other night I was working on grades because I had grades due this week and I just started singing like this just all the f- songs from Aladdin. Yes. And it was because <laughs> earlier in the day I drove past a sign at an elementary school that was like Aladdin is our spring show. Spring show. And I drove past it and all day that word Aladdin was like embedded in my head and somehow I must have come across a phrase or something mm-hmm. that made you um, think of it yeah like don't be too hasty or something yeah. and then immediately went to still I think he's rather tasty and he sure is and he is so I'm home witnessing Sasha grading and singing Aladdin to herself and I go is this because you saw the Aladdin sign and Sasha just takes this long pause and goes 
You know what? I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that was written by a white guy in the 1700s. In the 1700s. 1700s. So like 18th, 18th century. century. God, God bless damn it. it. Like, <sighs> it's possible he took something that was already in there yeah. and just like tweaked it a little bit. But like, that's, but, that's why the two most popular parts are those stories. Because... You know, when the Western white guy writes them, the Western white people are going to be like, I like these parts because they speak to themes that I like. But see, now I've got... Well, Alibaba... These 40 thieves. I do too. Thousand tales. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Disney, please don't sue us. We have so little money. It's not even worth your legal fees. Yeah. And besides, Sasha's going to spend money with you when you're listening to this. Two weeks ago, she spent a bunch of money there. Yes. So, and when we're recording this tomorrow, I'm going to Disney again. Yeah. So like... <laughs> For the fourth time in a year. Please don't sue us or she'll stop going. <laughs> right? Right. Stop going if they sued us. If they sued us, yeah, I would stop going. <laughs> and unfortunately, the Disney Plus was announced and they oh, put, yeah. they're putting all of Simpsons on Disney Plus. Oh, those bastards. Instead of on FX now. And uh, I'm just like... Oh, dilemma. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So we're talking about, about the this. white dude parts. <laughs> white dude parts. As we all know, a genie in a bottle features heavily in the story of Aladdin. Sasha's now doing the Christina Aguilera dance. <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out, though, you can feel a little better about that part because the bones of that were present in other stories okay. in the Arabian Nights. Thank goodness. In the story of the City of Brass, a group of travelers on a quest to find a lost city made of brass in the Sahara Desert also have this, like, side quest going. And the side quest is they're trying to find a djinn that King Solomon had imprisoned in some sort of small vessel. Okay. Because, fun fact, King Solomon had this ring that let him control djinn. It's pretty rad. I wonder if my ring controls djinn. Oh, just wait. In, in one hot second, I'm going to make a joke and you're going to be like, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. It's, I'm, this is now where I'm Chekhov's gunning myself. Aha. Aha. Then in a later story... A fisherman discovers the brass vessel, and upon opening it, remember it was the city of brass, city and looking brass. for this gin that's inside something. Mm-hmm. So it's some sort of brass vessel. So he opens it up, and an evil gin named Asmodeus pops out. Oh! Asmodeus then offered him three wishes as thanks for his freedom. J.K. Lull. Asmodeus said that over the course of his 400 years inside his brass prison, he had been thinking a lot about what to do to whoever freed him. And for a while, he considered granting them a wish. But then he was like, no, that's dumb and boring. What a punk bitch I'd be if I did that. Instead, you can get to pick how you're going to die. Oh, no. Because that's a real chill prize. So, you know, that's fine. But this is probably the first instance of genies explicitly mentioning wishes. Yeah. Because he was like, well, I thought about it, but then I decided not to. So, that's something. But if you get to pick how you die, couldn't you be like, I want to live another 70 years and have and a family have like a really and like all this and have a peaceful existence death. and then in 70 years you'll come and get me in my sleep and I'll just be sleeping? I would imagine so. Based on my reading of the website where I got this from, probably he didn't think of that. So, yeah. he probably was like, I guess beheading? I don't know. Something painless? Maybe like you, maybe I just have like a real quick heart attack and drop dead here? Yeah. I don't know. Because like... The site I got it from specifically mentioned this was not as nice as it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> so my Wait, guess is he didn't think, okay, I'm going to live to be 100, and then I'm going to go peacefully in my sleep, and it's going to be great. Right. Like, probably not. Mm-mm. Anyway, but it's the story of Aladdin that most clearly ties wishes to genies. Come on down off Chekhov's mantelpiece. Jafar. Jafil. Jafil me? <laughs> 
As you may know, in the original, Aladdin is hired by a sorcerer to retrieve a particular oil lamp from a magic cave laced with booby traps. The sorcerer (laughs) gives Aladdin a special ring that will protect him from the danger of these traps. But even still, Aladdin starts rubbing his hands together in worry throughout the journey, and in doing so, rubs the ring, and then a genie pops out. (laughs) Have you rubbed this ring? That's what I've been setting up for. Oh, I don't know. Rub it, rub it. Oh my god, a genie! Oh, a genie. Ah! Yeah, end just, of podcast. End of podcast. We both choose to die in a hundred years very peacefully. Yeah, let me please go to yeah, Disney dick. World tomorrow. <laughs> That's all you want. That's all I want. Anyway, so once the genie's out, he teleports Aladdin back home, and on the way out, they happen to grab the magic oil lamp to boot, so like everybody wins. Right. It's like a super clean scenario. And once they're home, Aladdin's mom finds this gross old lamp, and apparently her son wasn't like, BRB, mom, I'm running an errand for this sorcerer dude to grab this lamp. Yeah. And she's like, this lamp's dirty. I don't want a dirty lamp in my house. Mm-hmm. So she rubs it clean. And then another genie comes oh, out. Oh, no. So then Aladdin and his mom wish for wealth and power, and apparently a bunch of other stuff happens. The sorcerer comes back. He's kind of pissed. Somebody ends up dying. Some other people live happily ever after. I assume it's Aladdin and his mom. Anyway, and 18th century Europe was like, this is great because the good were rewarded, the bad guy probably died, and if you rub things that don't belong to you, you'll get a wish, which is harassment, and now we know you shouldn't do that, but it was the 1700s and they were dicks. I really wish that I had my copy of Importance Being Earnest here because there was definitely like a line about with Miss Prism. Mm-hmm. Saying that, like, the good were rewarded and the evil were stuck oh, down yeah. in at the end of her book. And Cecily was like, that's so boring. <laughs> yeah, because that shit's been around since the 1700s. Yeah. Probably longer. Anyway, it's hard to say exactly when the concept of sticking genies and stuff came about. <laughs> Arabian Nights, as I mentioned, it was like a compendium of different folktales mm-hmm. and stories. And so when everything was, like, put together, it's not like they wrote a date being like, I heard mm-hmm. this on mm-hmm. June 7th, 1743. Like, they yeah. didn't put a date on it. Right. So most likely, the story involving King Solomon and his gin-controlling ring is the oldest. Okay. Which means that the first concept of putting genies in bottle-like things is about 2,000 years old. Okay. Which is pretty rad. Jinns are still sometimes blamed for unexplained accidents and misfortune, just when you think we left all that shit in the 1700s. We did not. Mm-hmm. According to Live Science, in 2000, teachers at a girls' school in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, all started having mysterious fits and seizures. And some believed that a jinn was responsible for the incident, though most doctors say it was probably mass hysteria. Which mm. makes sense. Like, one person has a legit seizure, and then everybody else is like, oh my god, it's a gin, and then mass hysteria ceases mm-hmm. hold. In May 2015, also in Saudi Arabia, nine elementary school and middle school students claimed that they had a fainting spell due to the invasion of an army of jinns. Mm-hmm. And for the next two days, 200 of their classmates were like, fuck that, I'm not going to school, I'm not fucking with a jinn. But, you know, probably yeah. not a jinn, probably right, right. just... Kids being like, I don't want to go to school anymore. Right. In 2011, more than 20 associates of Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad were accused of attempting to summon jinns to attack their political enemies. Um. 2011. And also amazing. We could do with a little of that in America. I'm just saying, if any of y'all have a jinn, we need help. I like thinking even about like... The witches, like yeah, modern witches who have been like trying to put spells. Oh yeah, who are like Lord Coven is trying to put a curse on Donald Trump. <laughs> Respect, I get it. This is like that, but it was Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, and it was an army of jinns. That's so 
baffling. <laughs> and then in 2003, these are all out of chronological yeah. order, but an American soldier stationed in Iraq allegedly had a run-in with a djinn in 2003. Okay. From mysteriousuniverse.org, here is his story. Myself and two other guys from my squad were sitting on the balcony of the second floor of the station, pulling security on our shift. It was sometime in the night. If I had to guess, I would say it was sometime around 0230. While, while on guard, we would use the lights on our rifles to illuminate any car that drove by so we could see if there were any sort of weapons in the vehicle and stuff like that. We heard a car driving towards us from one side of the road on the mosque, so we got ready with our lights to illuminate the car when it came into view. Once we saw the car, we shined our lights into the vehicle, directing the light towards the driver. The driver had a typical reaction to the surefire light, which is blindingly intense, which is like super chill that we shine in people's eyes, but that's neither here nor there. But he was squinting his eyes and attempting to look away from the light. The passenger had a much different reaction. His eyes seemed to glow by the intensity of the light. He stared right back at the light, almost looking through it and at us, and it was very eerie. At the time, the best we could describe his eyes were that of a cat in the dark with a flashlight shined in its face. I've never heard of a person's eyes being able to reflect light like that before or anything you could purchase to do such things, especially in a second or third world country. And this is not the only run-in between a member of the U.S. military and a jinn in the Middle East. This one, I believe, happened in 2005, but I didn't write it down. Mm -hmm. Oop. But I think it was 2005. So, basically, they have an office... And this guy goes by to check on it because mm-hmm. <clears throat> he heard he was doing water testing and he heard the sounds of someone walking by. So he's like, OK, mm-hmm. that's probably nothing. I went outside and there was no one there and the sound stopped. The moon was bright that night and there was light shining on the rocks from it. I saw the shadows of what looked to be spiked crescents zipping past my feet. I looked up and there was nothing flying around. These things were zipping real fast. Later, I drove back to my LSA to get something. While I was backing up to park, someone started banging on the truck. I stopped, immediately thinking that I had hit someone. I got out and looked. Mm -hmm. No one there. It was about 4 a.m. I went to the bag farm to take more samples and do a general check for water leaks. Between the last outermost bag and the HESCOs, I don't know what that word is, but okay, there appeared a small light dancing around. I walked over to that area and it stopped. When the new site was completed, it was custom to get there before breakfast to start the generator, get the AC or heater working in the lab slash office, and set out a clipboard at the distribution point before walking across the road for breakfast. As I left the office to go, I walked past the connexes, and I saw a man in his white t-shirt sitting on his heels leaned up against the connex. I started to go that way to see who it was and what he needed, but when I looked away and back again, he was gone. Mm. Nowhere in sight. So apparently... Gins. All the time, always. All the time, always. Yeah. Scary. To this day. To this day. To that's this that's day. what's like a little bit unsettling. I mean, the good news is they're not all bad. They're not like, all they bad. Can, they can be whatever. Yeah. And mm. if you see one, you can ask them like, hey, do you have a cloaca? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal with your poop? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> what's the deal with your poop? What's the deal with What's the poop? deal with airline poop? <laughs> There was this great podcast I was listening to a few weeks Spoop ago. Spoop Hour? No, yeah, it was actually <laughs> Spoop Hour. No, it, but n- neither of us have kids. One of the guys who was on it was talking about flying on um, a, a fl- he and his wife and their newborn baby were on a flight. Mm-hmm. And when I say newborn, like she, she's probably like a little less than one. Oh, yeah. But they were flying cross country and he was changing the baby's diaper. Uh-oh. And without thinking, instead of putting it in the trash can... He put it in the toilet and plus oh, fl- fr- no. flush. 
And part of him thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? It's probably just going to, like, fall out or whatever. Turns out he broke the toilet. No! And there was just baby poop everywhere. Oh, my and God. He didn't know this until after he came back. He had like fastened the baby back in, you know, like was you know with his wife and whatever. And he sat down, and this like angry old lady came up to him and was like, "Did you just use the bathroom?" He was like, "Yeah, I was changing my daughter." And he goes, "You flushed the diaper!" <laughs> and she like caused this like huge scene, and all of the flight attendants were like so mad and like every. But his wife thought it was so funny that he like because he was like so like bleary eyed and like mm-hmm. so tired from this traveling and they had a kid and all this stuff and she was like I'm not embarrassed at all like I'm like I'm sorry I'm laughing at you <laughs> like everyone who's mad is just being annoying so I'm going to remember that we I'm going to ask that we remember the words of John Mulaney as I tell this next story <laughs> and we'll get into which words specifically in one second but yeah. Nicole Byer was once on a Delta flight yeah and she opened up her blanket and a piece of poop was in it. No. <laughs> like a piece of human shit. <laughs> and Delta was like, we'll pay you $250, but you have to promise not to tell anyone that this happened. And in Nicole Byer's words, there was poop in my blanket. Give me an airplane. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, finally, they settled, they gave her 50,000 miles and 600 Delta dollars, because they said they were going to give her more, but they were like, if we give you more, you for sure can't tell anyone about this, and she's like, no, I'm telling everyone. So anyway, as John Mulaney says, because we're Delta Airlines, and life is a fucking nightmare, so be careful, they don't actually clean those blankets, they just wrap them in plastic, so if someone took a shit in that blanket, they're just going to wrap that shit up. Then we wrap it in plastic. <laughs> when they when we flew to Japan, they handed me and Jack our blankets, and immediately I just like put mine on the floor because all I could think about was Nicole Byer. And Jack was like, "You're not going to be cold," and I was like, "It's not worth it." And I told him that story, and he goes, "Yeah, I accept the risk." <laughs> put what the blanket on. on. We were on Singapore, so of course okay. Singapore would never allow human yeah. shit in their blankets. I feel like I hold international flights to a highly oh high yeah they standard. hold them to them too yeah so, that food was so good have you ever flown Singapore I haven't flown Singapore it but a lot good. of the international flights I've been on have had like excellent meals because international flights you actually have to like think about what you're feeding your passengers yeah. I will say I said it before I'll say it again the best buffalo chicken panini I've ever had was on the flight back from Sydney and this uh, Singapore Air flight, it gave you the choice. You could either have the Western dinner or the mm. Japanese dinner. So, like, the Western dinner, I think, was, like, roast chicken and something else. And then, like, the Japanese dinner was, like, teriyaki chicken with, like, noodles and shit. It was good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you want to tell delicious. me about yeah. wishes? So, okay. Um, <laughs> I wish that airplanes weren't horrible. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that there weren't human shits in I'm blankets. going to fly tomorrow. <laughs> Don't open the blanket, Sasha. No, I'm not going to open the blanket. I'm just going to wear, <laughs> like, a you? hoodie and... Bring your own blanket. Bring your own blanket. So that way, the only poop in it is possibly yours. You don't hmm. have a cloaca. You're probably fine. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> the last time I, or not the last time, the last spring when I went to Disney for the first time as an adult, mm-hmm. I Jack and I were flying together to meet our friends Matt and Megan down uh-huh. in Florida, and I I went to pee before we got on the plane. And then I thought I was good. And then we were like in some turbulence and like taking oh, a little no. bit. And I needed to pee and Jack kept making me laugh. No. <laughs> and I was like, I will pee on the seat. <laughs> Give me that blanket. They're Give just going to wrap it up anyway. So I'm just thinking like, I might not poop, but I might pee my pants. Well, just pee right before you get on the plane. I think I, I think I selected aisle seats for there you go. all of my flights. There you go. For the How next day too. Well, I have, oh, no, you're I, have a, your I have a connecting flight tomorrow oh. but i have a direct flight back well, but then 
I'm flying again the week after. Yeah. And there's a connecting flight on the way back from that one. So I'll mm. be on like six planes in two weeks. Yay. Which is great. And that was me I in January. Poop in all the blankets. No, I won't. And then I flush not... the blanket in the toilet so that nobody, <laughs> nobody else can else use can the use toilet. It. I'm sorry. I pooped on the blanket. I didn't know what to do. Panic. <laughs> Panic. Anyway, this is a conversation about genies and wishes. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. I will not poop on an airplane blanket. You've heard it here first, folks. I will not poop. If she does and she comes back and she'll be like I will send I everyone stickers do. yes everyone gets a sticker you every can get a listener. sticker anyway but like every listener every single one of you gets a sticker yeah so let me start um, by introducing the tro- the trope of being careful what you wish for so this is from tvtropes.com yeah and they or sorry dot org and they they I really like how they outline every single possible trope that's mm. out there. But the be careful what I wish for is where a character makes a wish and actually gets what they wish for, only to find that the reality does not live to their fantasy. And so this could be a person making a wish that comes to regret it. It might have been that they didn't know that their wish was going to be heard. It could be that you got it from a wish-granting genie who wants to either show the character like the error of their ways Mm -hmm. or they are a jackass genie or maybe a literal genie. I did read a book in my preteen years that was called The Wish. I don't remember who wrote it, but the main character is super unpopular and she comes across, I think in the book it's a fairy, Mm -mm. but she has like, she's not very popular. Everybody hates her. She has kind of like big teeth and so people make fun of her for that, whatever. And so she says, I wish I were the most popular person at whatever middle school. Mm -hmm. And the fairy says, are you sure? And she goes, yes. Well, it's because she only has like three weeks left of middle school before she's going to change schools. So she's only super popular for like three weeks. And then she goes to high school. And it's be careful what you wish for. But she realizes that the people who liked her, not because of the wish, are still her friends now that the wish has run out. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, wholesome. I'm gonna look up that book yeah. in case yeah, anybody please, wants to please, read it. Please look that up. That's actually, huh? Wholesome. But, but that's a lesson, right? The, 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 the fairy, the genie wants them to learn a lesson. You ready for me to tie a yeah. nice little ribbon on this and tie it back together with the yes. sidebar we just had about poop? So the thing I remember most about this book is she does a creative writing assignment where you're supposed to like write through the eyes of someone else. She chooses to write th- through the eyes of her dog. And it includes the line about, like, smelling this other dog's butt. And it's like, I smell Celeste's anus. It is rich in smells of Celeste. And I have been thinking about that line for, like, 15 years. That's so funny. I know. Oh my, it's rich in smells of Celeste. Gail Carson Levine, the author yeah. of oh. Ella Enchanted. Okay, that makes sense. This is her other book. Okay, I yeah. like Gail Carson Levine. The novel tells the story of Wilma, who wishes to be the most popular girl at her school, forgetting that she will graduate in three weeks and move to a new school. That's so funny. Yeah, I read this book when I was 11. And I still think about how her anus is rich and smells like Celeste. So you read it like 19 years ago. I sure did. Yep, you I'm sure so did. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm like the Crypt Keeper. You are. I'm like the, I'm crypt, the crypt Keeper. Keeper. Which is also an early 2000s reference. Yes. So old. Anyway. Mm, but we're not like moms. We're no, cool moms. we're like cool moms. Okay. We're not like a regular mom. mom. All right, so... Let's see. Okay, so so I just said jackass genie or a literal genie. Yes, so a, and then I told about a yeah. literal one. <laughs> so a, a literal genie will make logical but basic interpretations of a wish, mm. and nothing more or nothing less than the wish explicitly states. Uh-huh. So like with this one, I wish to be the most popular girl in school, not realizing she's going to change schools. Yeah. And so the literal genie is there so that when a wish backfires, we can laugh at the foolishness of whoever made the wish, as opposed to the genie who's just doing their job, right? But... 
Then there's the jackass genie, who not only wants to take the literal interpretation, but also wants to humiliate the person who made the wish. Fun! Yeah. So, like, we're looking at, like, the jackass genie and the literal genie. The literal genie doesn't mean to be mean. Mm-hmm. It just is taking everything it's just literally. Like you said you wanted to be more pop- most popular kid up at the school. The jackass genie is... Being like, a dick. Being a like, dick. Yeah, oh, you want to be the most popular kid at this school? Well, you're only going to be popular when you're literally in the school. When you leave school grounds, you're not popular anymore, you dumb yeah. bitch. So this character, this kind of genie has it in for the person who is like its quote-unquote master. Mm-hmm. And the jackass genie will almost try to do like the exact opposite of what anyone else what anyone wants Mm. and then there is the benevolent genie and the example they use of the benevolent genie is the genie from aladdin disney 1993 i think so no because two was beauty and the beast yeah so 1993 and then 1994 was lion king that sounds right that sounds right 1992 oh i was wrong when was when was fucking beauty and the beast 1991 1991. Yep, you were right. So when Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin. Little Mermaid was 1989. Yes, it was. All right, so yeah, the uh, the Aladdin 1991. Yes. Two. Two. Two, sorry. Fuck, we just looked this up. Aladdin 1992. We're so old and dumb. (laughs) Old and dumb. We're basically just dead. We're basically... Oh, that was another spooky fun thing that happened this week. Did you die? No. (laughs) You... So when we're recording, you came to my school. I did. And we, I talked to the children. And we talked about that on the episode that dropped last, well. Last when week. When you're listening, last week, the one. We recorded a couple days, days ago, ago. Like yeah, three days ago. Because we are banking episodes. Like smart people. We're not that old and dumb. <laughs> anyway. But we are. So then there's. We're older than genies and dumber than them, too. There's the benevolent genie. And this is a genie who is subservient and just wants what's best for the character, the master. Yeah. You gotta say it. And then he does the little, he and moves he, his little mouth. He does a thing, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're free. So. I looked up what happens when wishes go wrong. So this is going to be the literal genie or the jackass genie. So this is like... uh, Or the slightly hard of hearing genie who has 12-inch pianist. Right. And so this is kind of like Tom Haverford asking those guys when they're having a soak in the hot tub or whatever. Oh, yeah. um, Would you want to fly or would you want to like, never have to walk again or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm going to fly. And it's like, yeah, well, I forgot to tell you, you only fly one foot off the ground. Yeah. Right? I'd still take that. It's fucking rad. Right? So... Everybody get out of my way. So on... (laughs) Get out of my way. (laughs) I just want to sit here and feed my birds. So I went on Reddit and found a question on the Ask Reddit subreddit, which was, how would you twist the most common genie wishes if you were an evil, like, jackass genie? Oh. As they're talking about the stereotypical wishes, like, I want to be rich, I want to be immortal, I want to be lucky, wishing for more wishes. And so someone was talking about letting someone fly, right? Or So mm. I wish I could fly. And they said, let them fly, and when they get up really high, remove the power, said, well, you could fly. <laughs> and then someone else said, you wanted to fly, you never said anything about wanting to land. Hey. And then the plane ticket is out of an airport 1,000 miles away to the airport nearest your current location. <laughs> it's like, I want to fly. Um, I would probably do, like, you have to flap your arms literally mm-hmm. like a bird, and it's it's like exercise. It's, it's exercise. So you have to be, like, super swell to actually get anywhere. Yeah, there's also, I want to be rich. And then the genie just legally na- changes the guy's name to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's take away everyone else's money and make currency worthless uh, while also making him rich. And then the cornerstone money. is gone and society collapses. <laughs> Wait, is that 2019? Right. That sounds like it's 2019. 
there was someone said, okay, the first wish I have is I wish that this and all other wishes are granted exactly as I'm picturing them in my head with no drawbacks or genie fuckery. And then a bunch of people said, like commented afterwards, says, oh, you've awakened me mortal. I will grant you three wishes from this point on. He says, yeah, great. Okay, I need to get my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) So some examples that I've, other examples that I've seen as I was looking for like, Wishes gone wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of short stories, but I also found some like role playing game ones. Amazing. Where like when when people are DMing and or dungeon dungeon mastering, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out like, okay, let me when you when you as a DM is like you get your you get a the, wish you get a wish, and so the DM has to grant it. There was someone who said, okay, the wizard uh, wanted to uh, wish that she didn't have to sleep in order to memorize spells. But later, the dungeon master was like, well, you can never sleep again. And she was also immune to, like, magical sleep. And then, basically, they had to, like, find ways to help, like, keep her from, like, losing her mind. Oh, because no. she couldn't sleep. Oh, she was awake all the time. Someone was, oh, the thief had really bad stats. And they, he was constantly cheering traps and pitfalls, resulting in numerous broken bones. So he wished that he had unbreakable bones. So he gave him an ad... ad adamantite skeleton and then the guy was unable to move so he couldn't progress in the game yeah it was basically people pointing out like you don't realize how silly things can be like misconstrued and so it's also like a little bit of semantics Mm -hmm. and like no matter what there's always going to be a way to screw with it no matter how careful you try to be yeah and then even the benevolent genie Right, like the benevolent genie might still want to do good things for its master, but if you aren't specific about what you get, like, you know, like you could say, oh, I wish to never be hungry again, Mm -hmm. right? And the benevolent genie's like, oh, that sounds great, you won't starve, yeah, right? But then, like, that could accidentally backfire if you never feel hungry and you just never you forget to eat, yeah, you know, and then you starve, yeah. So I just a lot of the was... times our discomfort is nature's way of being like you're on a path to dying, friendo, right? Yeah, so... and like the the genie slash fairy in Gail Carson Levine's The Wish, she's very benevolent, and she even asks her, "Are you sure this is what your wish is?" And she's like, "Yeah." Because she didn't think it through, and now she's, you know, yep. going to be popular for three whole weeks. I she gets a little boyfriend, though, but because Aww. she has buck teeth, they try to kiss, and their teeth hit. That's so sad. <laughs> um, I really but he still likes her when the spell wears off. Oh, he's, oh, good. Yeah, because he liked her anyway. He liked her anyway. He liked her oh, anyway. And so when she was popular, she had, like, the confidence she to go. She did, and he was like. That's so sweet. Yeah, I'm feeling this. Aww. I still like you, though. I was anyway. thinking about the Aladdin 1992 genie's, like, parameters of, like, mm-hmm. what you can't wish for, and I liked the, you know, you can't wish for anyone to come back from the dead, because then he's, like, functioning like a literal genie, yeah. and he, like, Brings he's them like back. A, he's, he's like a zombie. He's a zombie. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing that for you. There's and an also, episode of Buffy that essentially hinges on that. Yeah. It's, spoiler alert, when the person who dies in season five dies, someone wishes to bring them back. Essentially, like, they do a spell to bring that person back, but they are coming back wrong. They're coming back in, like, zombie form. But um, they realize, and they thwart it in time, they tear the picture, and then they don't come back. But, like... I will need you to remind me who died after we're not yes. recording. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you now and I can cut it. So sad. It's really sad. Okay. Anyway, we just had an off-air discussion of Buffy. You'll so. never get to hear it. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, so I guess that was gen- genies and some backfiring wishes. Yeah, like the monkey's paw. The monkey's paw How is like not the biggest... The monkey's paw yeah, yet? monkey's paw is the biggest back wish backfiring trope. That was one of the, actually one of the tropes about wishes backfiring was yeah. like also making a deal with the devil. Yep. 
And like, what was that movie that had like Liz Hurley and Brendan oh, Fraser? Oh, Bedazzled. Bedazzled, yes. Yes. I was going to call it Bejeweled and I was like, don't say that out loud. That's dumb. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what it's but called. But you also said it out loud. <laughs> but then I, I outed myself because I'm old and dumb. But yeah, the whole thing about he's like, I wish I was married to this woman. And so the devil makes it happen. But he's like, he's like a drug lord. And even though they're married, they hate each other. And she's yep. having a bunch of affairs. And then he's like, well, because like he wishes like, I wish I were rich. I wish this person and I were married. And so he's he's the leader of a drug cartel. So he's super wealthy, but they're miserable and whatever. Yeah. There's also Louis Cipher, who's like the devil, basically like the devil. Lucifer. Louis Cipher. Yeah. Hey. Lucifer. And there's Mr. Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's just a lot. Like basically the devil comes up and you're, I'm going to make a deal with the devil. <laughs> Or the alternate timeline trope. Oh, yeah. I wish none of this was happening, and then it just switches. So, like, Shrek 4 or Shrek 5? Oh, my God. There have been so many Shreks. Right? One of those Shreks. I only saw the first there's two. An alternate, there's an alternate timeline Shrek. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Don't fuck with the first two Shreks. Those, I mean... I, those are the best two Shreks. Yeah. And I just worry about the remake. The, the great and, part is the first Shrek... The whole point was to, like, poke fun at, like, the Disneyfication of stories and, like, endless sequels and mm-hmm. stuff. Because, like, literally when he gets to Duloc, it's like being at Disneyland where everything's, like, pristine and, like, perfect. Do, 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 do. Welcome to Duloc. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's essentially, like, poking fun at that. Right. And then it turned into that. It turned Why? Into that. Why? And then it turns out the guy who wrote Shrek is a dickhead. So uh, yep. we can't have nice things. Can't have nice things. Anyway, you Be know what? Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. But you can't have nice things. And the nice thing is Spoop Hour. Or That's we it. hope you That's the only think nice so. thing you get. I'm just kidding. We hope you think this is a nice you thing. You wish that you get Spoop Hour as your nice thing, but then it's your only nice thing. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. We wish you lots and lots of nice things. We're the good kind of genie where we're just going to interpret this the most benevolent way we can. And when you're listening to this episode... It's gonna, it's gonna be almost May, but it's gonna, gonna be, be almost May. Um, I will be in Central Michigan, yes. and hopefully meeting up with Dr. Elisa Lucas of the Best Forevers and Fatalities Tease. podcast, and hopefully... Yeah, this is gonna go up on the 23rd. Okay, cool. Well, happy yeah. happy April 23rd to everyone. Happy after Easter, happy after doing your taxes. Yes. Hope your taxes were... Not relatively shitty. painless and oh yeah we're definitely gonna want a bank one because you know what that next weekend i'm in orlando oh that next weekend my brother is graduating from college so oh, nice. yeah we should be banking yeah we should definitely b- 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 we, b- b- we should bank it b- b- bank it i don't know how you're gonna edit the end Twist of this episode <laughs> pop oh. it oh <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is why you're gonna lose it pop it sasha thanks for listening this was a particularly scattered episode it's okay it's okay we, we, need, we had a long week. Hopefully nothing, like, super crazy. This is my other concern about, like, banking. On the one hand, it's going to be great. On the other hand, I'm like, but what if, like, super crazy comes out and they, like, they find the Loch Ness Monster and then we don't talk about it for, like, six fucking weeks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But hopefully nobody finds Nessie. Just Nessie, if you're listening, leave, just, leave, just leave sit Nessie tight, alone. girl. Just sit tight. Leave her alone. Don't come out till we're ready. Okay. 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 I wish this episode would end. Hey there, my name is Renee Powers, and I host the Wild Cozy Truth Podcast, a space for women to own our stories, find strength and vulnerability, and stand naked in truth. Each episode, I share a personal essay and then interview an ordinary woman about her extraordinary stories, from faith and politics to the messiness of motherhood and more. 
Become a Wild Woman Truth Teller by subscribing to Wild Cozy Truth on iTunes or Google Play, or learn more at wildcozytruth.com. So one, I went on Reddit and actually found, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it? Is that a thread on Reddit uh, that I'm not aware of? Is that the porn one? I feel like it's the porn one. There we go. Okay, open again. <laughs> Welcome to All the right. end of the episode. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs>